Hi, and welcome to Unquenchable Hope. I'm Luanne Botta. And I'm Marianne Crum. We know it's hard to hang on to hope in a world that sometimes seems bent on stealing it, but it's not impossible. So stay tuned as we tackle all kinds of issues and talk about how, you know, no matter what this world dishes out, you can live with unquenchable hope. Hey, everybody. We're back to talk some more about how we can not give up in our Christian life because, let's just face it, it can happen. Yes. And there's a lot of different reasons, and we barely got into it last week. Yes, I know. Uh, with some of the reasons why Christians stop before they hit the finish lines. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about a few more of those. And it may seem weird, like, why are we talking about all this negative stuff if this is about hope? But the hope is the flip side oh of this. Oh my gosh, yes. I think we're coming into the reality of too many of us want to quit. And I think even in the culture right now, yeah. there's a lot of people that are like, what in the world is going on? So you want to just say, forget it. I remember a good friend of mine, he's a great counselor to me. And, and he said to me, you can't quit. You're not allowed to quit. <laughs> so he's like, so stop saying you're going to quit because you're not allowed. So this can be the shortest <laughs> podcast ever. We'll just say, don't quit. You're not allowed. Don't quit. But you know what? We're talking about burnout. If I could throw a story in there, because mm-hmm. I know. Do you want to add something to that before I throw a no, story? No, throw. Okay. <laughs> throw away. I, when I was teaching at this Christian school for all those years, I threw myself into that job. I mean, I just threw myself in. Mm-hmm. And I was working 16-hour days, not blinking an eye, go to all their sporting events as well, took pictures, did everything, mm. everything. I just, I loved every second of it. Well, about the, I don't know, 12th year of the 17-year thing, or maybe even the 10th year, I started to burn out. I know I, I should say about the 13th year because it was towards the end of there. Think what it was, and God was showing me and trying to show me that because I, I cared so much for those kids, I was trying to save them. Mm. And I heard the Lord say to me at one point, you are not their savior, I am. So I remember crying for three months straight. Like before I would even go to work during the day, go to the school, I was so exhausted and I would cry every single day, act like I was okay and come home and sob. I was in depression and I was completely burned out. And then I did walk away from the school after a little while. It probably was the wrong thing. I think what it was, the school could have easily been an idol. Mm. The job could have been an idol. I loved it so much. And so I'm thinking that could have happened. But I experienced burnout because I was the one that thought, I can do this. I remember saying it to the Lord, I got this. I'm okay. I can do this. I so remember that. (laughs) And shortly after that. You really, really said that? Yes, I did. Yes, I got it. I can do this. Woo, okay. And it was just showing me, wait a minute, you can't do this without me. Yeah. Because you get good at your job. Yeah. And I could hear the Lord and I was ministering to them and all those things were happening. And I remember saying one time, "I, I got this. I can do this. Yeah, the thing is with ministry, but actually Any job. anything really, yes. is it's not so much the ability as it is the anointing that you yes. need. So when we say, oh, I got, I got this God, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would have a healthy fear of that at this point in my life. Try to minister without the anointing. It's like the worst thing you ever did in your entire yeah. life. Uh, Well, one of the reasons that I had listed here for people quitting sometimes is that we take on responsibility that isn't ours. And so that's that's what you're talking about, really, because it's his responsibility for the anointing Mm -hmm. part of it. 
I think about Moses. He got burnt out and wanted to quit. Well, yes. he probably wanted to quit every day <laughs> I know. out in the wilderness anyway. <laughs> but his father-in-law, isn't yeah. he the one that suggested, yeah. you know, you need to get some help. Mm-hmm. So he delegated some That's things. That's when he started delegating, but yes. Sometimes it's pride, I think, that keeps us from wanting to do that, from yeah. wanting to admit this is more yeah. than I can handle. No, I remember. Yeah. And actually, shortly after that burn, I remember yelling at the um, the principal at the time and saying, I did this and I started this team and I, oh man, I knew. You know, when you start doing that kind of stuff, you kind of know almost like right off the bat. I knew as soon as it was coming out of my mouth. I thought to myself, You're in, I'm in trouble. Wow. <laughs> and I wasn't in trouble with anybody but my Heavenly Father. And I, I knew it. I, I just knew it. Wow. So that's what can happen when we are burnt out. You, maybe because you threw yourself too much into it, or maybe because you just hate what you're doing. I don't know. Well, it's important if we have those feelings that we want to throw in the towel in anything yeah. to stop and ask the Lord, what's the root what's of this? Root? Why am I feeling this way? And and really be open to Him, you know, coming yes. in and saying, it's well, it's because you're trying to do it without me yes. or you've taken on too much or yeah. could be a number of things. Yes. All right. The next thing I had on my list, <laughs> one reason that people sometimes give up is because they feel like God has disappointed them, Mm -hmm. that they're disappointed in who he is because they have come to him with a preconceived idea. Uh, We were watching some show the other night, and there was so much bad theology in this one show. It was making me crazy. I was just (laughs) screaming at the TV. Think about how many people do have a misconception about the character of God, especially about His holiness. Yes. They think, well, wait a minute, God. I thought you were like a Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Hard things happen, yes. and then they just get bummed out and walk away. And walk away. No, I think I know people that have done that, and I understand it, because I think when we expect God to do something and it has not occurred, that's where a lot of people just say, okay, I tried God. I tried it. Yeah, you I tried hear many it. people yes. say, I, I tried God and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem with that is the opposite of giving up is perseverance and endurance. Yeah. And so you're not persevering in that situation or you're not enduring through that situation or you're not allowing that situation to, I think, kind of blossom out and do what it was supposed to do. Because I think the Lord is such a good father that he restores things. Mm-hmm. He's a restorer. And no matter if it was a relationship or a, a job or a ministry or your kids, he restores. But I think we don't get out of the way, number one, sometimes, or we give up. Yeah, we don't hang in there we long enough to see the finished enough. product. It's almost yeah. like Samuel. Well, that just came to my mind. We were supposed to wait for... Was it Samuel? No, Saul. Saul was supposed to wait for Samuel. to do the sacrifice. And the very day that that Saul sins against the Lord and goes to a gypsy or whoever to hear about the future, here comes Saul down the road. Samuel. Samuel. Dear Lord. (laughs) Samuel comes down the the road with his answer. That story frightens the daylights out of me because I'm afraid. Am I going to give up too soon? Am I going to give up too soon? Mm. You know, is that that answer like right there and then I'm just going to give up? And it costs all. It costs them everything. It costs them everything. Well, too, if you don't start with who God says he is in his word, you are not going to have an accurate view of God. We cannot make him in our image and then walk away from him because he didn't match this thing we have made up in our head. He is who he says he is. Yes. Not necessarily who we want him to be all the time. Yeah, and he's not this earthly God. He's not this God that's mean. 
Right. And that doesn't have our best interest at heart. He tells us, I inscribe you in the palm of my mm-hmm. hand. I've got you right here. But I think because of culture and because we're spoiled and because we don't see him for who he really is, we're prone to walk away. And I was very ready to walk away. Mm-hmm. Very, very ready to walk away out of disappointment. So I, I understand. Mm-hmm. But I also understand the benefits that I've hung in there. And I have truly enjoyed what he has had me doing in these years. That's it. I can't even imagine trying to do life apart from God at this point. It just seems so bleak and dismal to think of a world without God in it. Well, yeah. Or my life without God in it. But I understand discouragement. I understand what you're saying. I understand that question. And I think a lot of people are out there like, and I just, I want to give up. Uh, This marriage isn't working. Or these kids, uh, these kids are just too much. And Mm -hmm. and there's so much. And even again, in our culture now, I mean, come on. Since uh, February or March of 2020, Everything has been turned upside down. Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's affected every one of us. And if someone said it didn't affect them, I want to know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it pretty much has affected everybody. And if it didn't financially, it did in other manners. Or if it didn't in relationally, then it did in another manner. If it didn't spiritually, then it did in another manner. It right. has upset the cart. And I don't think it was a, a mistake. I think that God is obviously sovereign and he's in the midst of it all. He allowed it all to happen, but it has shaken the body of Christ. It has. Mm -hmm. And many people admit that it has. It has shaken them. But I think if we let it shake us, it's because we have gotten the wrong idea about yes, who, God, who is. God is. I mean, you think yes. about other times in history during World War II, the 20s with the Depression. Every generation has gone through hard things. Yes, so I think that our faith has to be grounded in something way deeper than our comfort and our circumstances. And that's what the problem is. Everything is coming so fast. And then we also have so many means of not waiting for anything. Yeah, that's right. That is harmful. Now, I have a scripture here in James 1, 12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Yeah, I had that scripture too. Oh, awesome. Um, so that is what he promises. Yeah. You stand the test. A man who perseveres under trial, you're blessed when we do that. That's, That's right. the hope in all of this. The crown of life. And we don't know exactly yeah. what that is, but I want it. I want want me some of that crown of life. (laughs) Yes. In terms of being a little bit disillusioned about God, Jeremiah, if you read Lamentations, you will feel so much better (laughs) about your circumstances. Because I I think if I understand it right, he was in a well or he had been thrown into a cistern. So Jeremiah? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Right, right. He was in a cistern. So let me just read these six (laughs) verses from Lamentations 3. And he's talking about God. And Jeremiah says, He bent his bow and set me as a target for the arrow. He made the arrows of his quiver to enter my inward parts. I have become a laughingstock to all my people, their mocking song all the day. He has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drunk with wormwood. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has made me cower in the dust. My soul has been rejected from peace. I have forgotten happiness. So I say, my strength has perished, and so has my hope from the Lord. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's about as low as you can get. That is. But. There's that word. But. Okay. But then Jeremiah remembered 
who God really was. That's these right. were his feelings, and these are his emotions that we can all relate to. That's right. Although I don't ever think I felt like my teeth were broken with gravel. <laughs> That's a bad one. Okay, so this is what Jeremiah writes, starting in verse 21. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are mm-hmm. new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. It is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. Oh, that is good. Was yeah. that right after the yeah. other thing? That yeah. Was, right. Is that Lamentations? Lamentations 3. Yes. The first six verses, and then there's three verses in between, and then you get to then this part. Yes. The key was, he said, this I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. So when you're in that place of wanting to give up, go back and remember God's faithfulness. Go back and remember who he is. Go back and read the Bible. Read about his character and his promises and all the stuff. That is so, so good. You know what? One person who does not quit on us is the Lord. That's right. So we sit there and want to quit on ourselves or Mm. quit on the situation, and he never quits on us. So right there, he's telling Jeremiah, whereas Jeremiah is writing it, God is never going to quit on us. So you can run to him and remember what he has done. Because if he did it before, he'll do it again. And that is something I've been saying a lot to myself as well right now. God, you did it before. You could do it again. I don't Mm -hmm. know how you're going to do it, but I know that you can do it again. I remember that in Jeremiah, him feeling that way. A lot of the prophets did. Yeah, they did. Elijah, he wanted to die. Yeah, he absolutely wanted to die. Wasn't he laying beside the brook wanting to die? And it was drying up. Just kill me, God. Kill me now. He was afraid of Jezebel, and the Lord's like, what? wait, what's wrong? I'm and it happened to him again when he was in the cave. Yes. God knows that we have emotions, and we get down, and he understands. That's right. He's mindful that we are but dust. But dust. And, and I think the major thing is he doesn't quit, and so we need to just hunker in under the shadow of his wing. I would suspect the biggest joy that the Lord would ever feel is us truly, truly trusting him, mm-hmm. to go into that place with him under the shadow of his wing, and rest. The harder the circumstance, the more it probably blesses him. Yes, When we hang in there, it gives us opportunity to give him more glory. Yes. One of my good friends, her husband died early, early, when he was still in his 50s. Mm. And she was really believing that God was going to heal him. Mm. I mean, we all were. Mm -hmm. We really thought that. And he was getting a little bit better and then dies the next day. So it was a pretty big smack to the family. Mm -hmm. But I watched her, and I watched her through the years. And she's never remarried. And she said that, and she got three kids. She said she got closer to the Lord than she ever possibly would have with him here. Because she ran to him, and he literally gave her the peace that she needed. But you know, she had to make that choice. She could run to him or away from him. Correct. In that way, I'm in a God. I thought for sure you were going to do this. And that's a great way to quit on God and say, you're not faithful. But all you're doing there is cutting your own throat. Yeah. He's the one that has the words of life. Yes. And easier said than done. I get it. All these circumstances, I mean, there's a bazillion circumstances out there and we get it, especially when it comes to health or someone dying prematurely and all those things. You're like, what in the world And you have to go through the process. Correct. It's not wrong to feel the emotions. Correct. Which is why it's so cool that God includes chapters like Lamentations 3 in his word or so many of the Psalms where David is really broken. And where are you, God? And how long? And yeah, he's my favorite to read, to be honest. I read the Psalms. 
Psalms, probably more than I read anything else. I really do. I always just hunker right back into the Psalms mm-hmm. and stay on them for a mm-hmm. while because he's talking about how hard something is and then he flips it and then just trusts God. So yeah. he wants to quit on something and then he just flips it. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants after you is after he mm-hmm. said something that was so hard. They were real people like yeah. us. I mean, yeah, they were prophets and all that, but I just see God use them and yeah. so that we would learn. But even Jesus, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken Absolutely. me? Absolutely. There yeah. you go. Yes. So yes, it's okay to experience the emotions, but you have to keep going through yes. it and not Correct. get stuck there. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. good. Okay. Here's another one. We give up because we don't see the fruit from our efforts that we expected. Maybe yeah. we've been doing everything we thought we were supposed to do and nothing right. is changing. I just read that the other day. Someone asked that question on Facebook the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, they did. I did everything God said to do and, and nothing has happened. You can get tripped up in that and you have to trust the Lord. And We can all say, I thought, I thought, I thought. And isn't it a great act of faith? to not assume that we know what the fruit's supposed to look like oh, yeah, and leave that to God. Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not that's give up. Really good. Yes. Now, we may reap something that's not what we expected to reap, right. but it'll be good. Yes, right. The promise there, I, I know, the yes. implication is that it'll be good. Yes. John fifteen five. I am the vine, you are the branches. Mm. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you go out into an orchard, you don't hear the trees straining to produce fruit. Oh, they good. produce fruit because yes. they get enough water and they get enough light and they're planted in good soil. Yes. And then the fruit comes. comes. But it's up to God what the fruit of our lives looks like. That's right. We can't say it has to look like this. No, that's good. But a lot of people get really bummed out about that. Yes. Sometimes it can be the fruit in our own lives that we're discouraged about. We want to give up because we're trying to overcome some habit or Mm -hmm. a sin. 2 Corinthians 3 says that as we behold the Lord, we're transformed into that image from glory to glory. Well, most of us don't really see that. We're not good at assessing our own change, I guess, sometimes our own growth. Other people can see it in us maybe more easily than we see it. It, The whole point is just to keep doing the right thing and God will make the right things happen. Yes. We just have to trust him with that. Yeah, and I think sometimes you think you're doing the right thing and then you're waiting for it to happen. So I think this is all such a process and this is such a part of life and living, but the quitting just cannot happen. You know, I was thinking with Joshua and Caleb, how they were the only two out of that whole group. Those others quit. Yeah. We're not going into the promised land. Look at it. The giants are too big. And those two guys Mm -hmm. stuck it out and look at the fruit of what happened in their life. Some of the reels on my Facebook are tons of Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal and just like (laughs) there'll be snippets of him I'm like really this guy is like pretty cool because he is a no quit I mean you just don't quit and he really gives a lot of good things to hold on to about the fact that once you quit you're not going to try too many things in if you quit something too soon or you quit on life or you quit on this or you quit on that I hate to say you become a quitter but it'll make it real easy to quit again Mm -hmm. And so when I was a teacher, I used to talk to that to the kids all the time. I said, you start quitting, you're going to get used to quitting. So that's why you don't let a young kid quit a sport. That whole team is relying on them. Then you let that kid quit his sport. Now you just put a hole in that team. Mm -hmm. And now you've allowed him to learn to quit. 
and you've got to persevere and walk through life. I was telling Marianne right before we started all this, there is a story of, I never know this guy's name. I was young. In the 1972 Olympics, it was in Munich, but mm-hmm. there was a runner from America called Dave Waddle. It was the very last race. It was the last event for the 1972 Olympics, and it was the 800 meter. And he had tendonitis in his knee, which prevented him from from being able to train weeks leading up the mm-hmm. Olympics. He stayed in the race. The gun goes off, and I don't know how many people are on there, maybe eight, nine. And so he's running, and he says he's eight to 10 meters away from the, the group. And he said his thought was, I'm just out of it. This mm-hmm. is not going to happen. I'm going to lose. And he starts to pick up a little bit of speed, and he gets into the pack. He's still in behind, but he's not as far behind. And he says to himself, wait a minute, I'm in the pack. And next thing you know, he goes flying by everybody. And he wins with his chest out, just beating that person that was in the front the entire time. Wow. And, and underneath it says, never quit. Because when he was so far behind, knowing that he didn't have the chance to practice as much, and he still endured the once-in-a-lifetime shot, Uh It's something that he was choosing not to let go. So in our own personal lives, we could easily say, I honestly don't have it in me to do this anymore. And I don't want to do this anymore. And I think a lot of times that's what Elijah felt. And that's Mm -hmm. why the Lord told him, you know what? You need to take a break. Uh You need to rest. And I think sometimes we don't take that break and we keep moving a thousand miles an hour. So we do walk away and we do let ourselves quit. Instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to stay in this fight, but I just need to take a step back for a second and then get right back into the fight when the Lord shows you. So Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot to be said about when you're feeling that way of wanting to let everything go and just say, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And, but the Lord's like, no, just stay in the fight. I've got you. Look at how often Jesus went away by himself to the mountain to get refreshed. Just to regroup. I'm in a regroup right now, so I get it. When I was talking about being careful not to just decide what the fruit has to look like, that's really up to God. What's that? What the fruit looks like in our life. I think sometimes we project our expectations on there. And that's why we get so bitterly disappointed and bummed out. So to me, it comes down to just daily obedience. When I said doing the right thing, I mean just doing what you know to do Yeah, and going through the doors he opens, spending time in his word every day, being faithful to whatever you've committed to. Just keep doing that stuff. And I've said this many times on here already that if you just keep doing the right thing every day, you'll end up where God wants you to be. That's right. You know, and it may not in the end look exactly like we thought it would. But, you know, I think it'll be really a blessing. Yeah. But it'll be what we were supposed to have. Yes. Yes. It would be exactly what we were supposed to have. You're exactly right. So I'm going to end with a story. And then if you'd like to end with a scripture or however we want to do this, I think we're running out of time once again. (laughs) So. I'm thinking That's crazy. I but, know because um, I've still got a lot more stuff here. I but, know. But know. this is on this is on Peter. When mm-hmm. Jesus died and Peter was so discouraged that he had denied Jesus three times. Yes. That what he chose to do was go back to fishing. So he's like, I'm out of here. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm out of here. And the encouraging and the hopeful part of so much of this is Jesus made sure that Peter saw him. When Jesus was he was making the fish on the shore. And here's Peter seeing it that it was the Lord. And then the Lord challenges him, do you love me? And then feed my sheep. And then Peter's life was completely changed. But he did what all of us would do. I'm quitting. I'm going to go back to what's comfortable. I'm going to go back to what I'm used to. 
I can't do this. I just denied him. And I told him I would stand alongside of him. I'm not walking this thing anymore. And so I think when we're choosing to quit, there's so much more ahead. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is right there to say, I will cook you a breakfast and I will cook you something to eat. Would you just breathe? Just stand back and just breathe. I got this and we'll keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. That's Why don't we end there? And I think we still have one more episode okay. on you this. Okay, you think so there's another one? That's what, okay, all right. I do. So let's, let's close do that. this for now. And okay. Come back again next week. All you right. Gotta, you got to hear the end of this. Sounds good. All right. We pray you've been encouraged today and that you'll come back next week for more Truth and Hope. And if you'd like to know more about us, check out our websites. Those addresses are in the show notes. And hey, if this podcast encouraged you, it can probably encourage someone else. So please share it and share some hope.